Hey, if you want to watch a great podcast that none of us are on, check out Best Movies Never Made. Available every other Monday from screenwriter Josh Miller and producer Steven Scarlatta as they go behind the scenes of some of the greatest movies never made with fantastic guests like Steve Melching, Ashley Miller, and a lot of other people you have heard of. And not Darren Doctorman. Yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll be on the show. They just invited me to be on an episode about James Bond. I wonder why. Maybe it's because I have a new book out called Nobody Does It Better, The Oral History of James Bond, available now wherever you get your books. Hello. I am not Spock, but if I were, I would tell you to listen to the Inglorious Trexperts, in which our Trexperts talk Trek every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and live long and whatever. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission, out in paperback now. And if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. If you've been enjoying listening to us, imagine how entertaining will be when you are watching us. Now you can watch the 430 movie with Steve Melching, Darren Doctorman, Ashley Miller, and me, Mark A. Altman, every day on Electric Now. How do you get Electric Now? You download Distro TV, Stir TV, Zumo TV, and soon the Electric Now app. And You just have to pick one. You don't have to have all of them. You don't have to have all of them, but it helps. And you can watch us on the Electric Now channel. Don't miss us as we bring you the 430 movie in your house in person. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you've never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to the Final Frontier Week. This is Great Space Movies, and I got some space cadets with me right now. <laughs> Steve Melching. Hi there. Mr. Darren Doctorman. It's the Great Space Movie. Get on board. <laughs> and Lost in Space, Mr. Ashley Miller. I have the greatest enthusiasm for the podcast, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> We have an exciting week. Now, we've done spacey-type movies in the past. We did In the Shadow, Star Wars Week, which was sort of our kickoff. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about movies that um, were, were inspired, inspired by. by Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So um, and that was a great week. Right. Um, you can check it out. Go back and listen to it. Not available on video, only on audio, because we weren't recording them on video back then. Way Why back don't then. you go check it out? Yes, <laughs> why don't little, you do that? It's a little Beep. shining. Right? And, uh, and then, of course... Uh, spacey. We did In the Shadow of Star Trek Week, right. which also uh, dealt with some of the same kind of spaciness. Um, and now we're going to deal with The Final Frontier. It's a, a great space movies. Great that space are not movies, Star Trek or Star Wars. That are not Star Trek or Star Wars. That's a very important caveat because th those tend to dominate the conversation. Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek. But we are going to have a conversation about movies that aren't Star which Wars Which is why Star I'm Trek. picking Star Trek 09. And... <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see you do that. I'd really like to see you do that. Um, okay, well, that's great. Um, tastes great, more, less filling. So, um, God, we're all huge fans of space movies, aren't we? Sure. Sure, why not? I think we all grew up with, uh, you know, I watched a lot of space on television in, in the form of Star Trek, and then, of course, Star Wars came along, and there was a lot of space movies uh, coming out in its wake, in the shadow. Now, technically... All, All movies, movies are, are set in space. Yes. Yeah. Why, why, why <laughs> the fascination with space, you think, Aaron? Well, it's... it's uh, Whatever your name is. <laughs> it's because it is, it, is that, it is the great frontier that most people have not experienced personally. Mm. And so movies are the only way that we can, uh, you know, be there. Yeah. And uh, it's still, you know, it, it, uh, it feeds the explorer nature in human beings. Has it replaced the Western in a sense? Well, it obviously has. Yeah, I mean, but the, like, Western, is the Western was about exploring the yeah. frontier, yeah. and now and now everyone moved frontier. out west, so <laughs> so it's not so exciting. It ain't so it ain't so friendly. We're in the west right now. We speak to you from the west in space. <laughs> and uh, what about you? I mean, well, you you're a big fan of 
<laughs> movies in space. What what is it about the space that captivates us so much? You think, Ashley? Uh, honestly, it's a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Like right. even when the movies themselves aren't and a little bit rock and roll and a little bit rock and roll. I mean, there's especially when we're talking about um, we're not talking about romps, right? When we're talking about you know these sort of ad- adventures or sort of very grounded films set I in mean, space, maybe something like Guardians right. of the Galaxy is a romp right. or you Ice know? Pirates, right? <laughs> or Ice Pirates, <laughs> right? But it's that sense that anything can happen. Right. It's like you can speaking of ice pirates. I mean, there's ice pirates and then there's alien. Right. I mean, that's quite a spectrum that we can identify. What I love about ice pirates is um, when everything. They, no, no. When, <laughs> when they were doing uh, when Gene Roddenberry and Bob Justman and Eddie Milkis were getting ready to do Star Trek. The Motion Picture, And David Gerald and D.C. Fontana were getting ready to do Star Trek. The Next Generation. They would screen just like they did for the original. They had screened a bunch of classic movies, sci fi movies to get into the, you know, get into the, you know, like we watch a Blu-ray before you start a script. If you're writing a spy movie, you watch a lot of spy movies. Right. So the uh, the um, they, they did a screening at Paramount. And they watched, you know, all the classics, you know, that you would expect, like, you know, Day the Earth Stood Still and all those great sci-fi guys and Ice Pirates. And Gene was like, let's do something not like that. (laughs) (laughs) But that was one of the movies that they they watched to try and see what was going on in the genre at the time. Space Herpes is very scary, in fairness. Space Herpes. (laughs) That's that's right. That's right. Um, Okay. So um, we're going to talk about space movies, great space movies. And there are a lot of them, and certainly it's a, it's a subject we're very familiar with. Something we talk about on our sister podcast, Inglorious Trexperts, right? Um, where we talk ad about, nauseum. Indeed. We talk about space. Well, you know, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago on the podcast we had Aaron Gray, right? Yes. And I was very curious to see how that would go over because, of course, it wasn't strictly a, a Star Trek right. podcast. We got her in on the thinnest of of right. of, of, <laughs> of the basically she had auditioned for Voyager, right. so that was the way in. Right. But then we didn't really talk about Star Trek. We talked about Buck Rogers and the Battle Network stars. Yeah. And all. People loved that podcast. I love that great podcast. episode. Yeah. You know, and and um, I think. Because we've talked about how sustainable is this, you know, talking about Star Trek. Right. Week. Obviously, we'll continue to talk about Star Trek. Week, but I think we can broaden right. Inglorious. It's shown that we can do, like, all the stuff that meant, like, Star Trek. Like, we could do Planet of the Apes right. or, 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 you know, at least the Planet of the TV series because, like, Mark Leonard was in it. Like, I think we can broaden our focus a little bit. A new frontier. Indeed, it's a final frontier. A final. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I just something to keep in mind. Well, uh, we're the penultimate here. because see, we don't really talk when we're not on camera. <laughs> we're actually not really that friendly. So um, <laughs> when we're together, we can figure all these things out. That's right. Yeah. Well, the last time we all went out together was like Buka, and man, I, God, that was not pleasant. That was, I mean, you guys were the company was pleasant. The company was awful. But the food, man, I can't eat like I was twenty. It was fine, but it's like now I cannot eat like that. I mean, all that family style, you know, just constantly bringing us. Pasta and things, and well, you don't have to eat all of it. Yeah, I That's know. Well, I wish you told me before. Okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> we tried to tell you. You like pizza? I like pizza. You love Italian. You love Italian, so do I. <laughs> okay, so space movies. Space, space movies. Space is the place. Space pictures. Okay, Steve Melching. Monday. What's it going to be? Okay, Monday. You know, this is a tough choice. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, the Usual Suspects. <laughs> I picked that a couple of weeks ago for Cops and oh, Robbers Week. That's right. Not Kevin Spacey movies. <laughs> Space movies. See, I didn't even know where you're going with that. I Harry, had no idea. The, the joke really... was so bad that nobody got it. No, no, that was really funny. <laughs> but the payoff was good. The pay... I'll, I'll go with Carrie because it's a SpaceX movie. Oh, oh, nice. I see. That's good. Do I see Carrie for nice. 200? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll, I'll, I'll get to my out-of-the-box choice at the back end of the show. So I, I'm my choice for Monday is not so much a space movie, but a movie about the race to get into space. Oh, So okay. I'm going to go with... That's right. That's 1983's The Right Stuff. Great. Directed by Philip Kaufman and written by Philip Kaufman based on the uh, the Thomas uh, Tom Wolfe book. Their stuff is so right. They've got such right stuff. They've all had the right stuff. I'm not going to continue that And the one. best adaptation <laughs> of a Tom Wolfe novel, for sure. <laughs> but I just love this movie. It's If you haven't seen it, treat yourself. It, it, They're it, remaking it. 
What? Yeah, I think as a, as a, a, a miniseries. Series, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. I yeah. saw that as a mini. Well, it was a, a hefty tome. Yeah. I've never read it actually. To my shame, I've not read the. I've never read it either. Yeah. I have, and I've wanted it's to. It's on my list of movies. That and the Power Broker by you mm. know by, by Robert Caro. I wanted those are two big giant tomes. Oh, yeah. You know what else I want to recommend? Oh God! <laughs> Here well, we go. The fifty year no, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond, hefty book. The sixty year mission, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And I, I, you know, I don't always say this about my books, but when I do, I highly recommend it. Well, you know what? There is a space movie. In the James Bond franchise. But we picked it for In the Shadow of Star Wars Week. Now, technically, we could pick it again because it's a new season, yeah. but I don't think we will. No. We've said all there needs to be said about Moonraker. But you have we have not eyes. said everything about the right stuff, which not. covers the period of uh, 1947 to about 1963. It right. basically covers the from the breaking of the sound barrier uh, by Chuck Yeager, played by Sam Shepard, through the uh, Mercury astronaut program, Star Voyager program. Right. And uh, it is just a wonderful movie. It is uh, heroic. It's funny. It's really funny. It's kind of a satire. Um, and uh, it, it's absolutely brilliant performances by everyone. Every I mean, this cat, Sam Shepard as Chuck Yeager. You got Ed Harris as John Glenn, Dennis Quaid as Gordo Cooper, Fred Ward as Gus Grissom, Scott Glenn as Alan Shepard, Lance so Henriksen as Wally Shira. You have Barbara Hershey and Veronica Cartwright and Mary Jo Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Shearer and Jeff Goldblum oh as this kind of comedy duo. They are two and three PO. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, trying to put together the astronauts for the Mercury yeah. program. They are hilarious. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, you got that that you know the Bill Conti score mm-hmm. that Mark was singing earlier. Just a terrific score. And I never understood because Verez Sarabend came out with the LP, yeah. and it was split with North and South, right? Which yeah. was a miniseries he scored. But who cares about North and South on the fact yeah. that Frakes was in it? Well, they it, had to they had to fill out the CD. I know, but I just wanted to write stuff, even if it was thin. Well, it, there is a re-release of the right stuff. The entire actual. Oh, movie score. The, the movie recording. Oh, I want that. It's out there. Oh, I gotta get that. I gotta too. get that. Do you know who put that out? I think La La Land did. No, I'm not sure. No, I don't think it was La La Maybe La Land. Maybe it was Verez again. I love but it, it's La there. La it it exists. And speaking of La La Land, the soundtrack to Pandora is now out on La La Land by Joe Kramer and Panka Conavia. So you should definitely pick that up. La La Land is great. They put out so many great scores. La La Land. Right stuff has uh, Caleb uh, Deschanel was the mm-hmm. cinematographer and uh, husband to Mary Jo. Husband yeah. to Mary Jo and 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 father, father to, to uh, Zoe, Zoe and, and um, the other one. The other. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Caleb Deschanel is just yes. Really? How many Deschanel's do you know? I, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was married to Joe Deschanel's because that's how he ended up, I think, shooting a couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, directed yeah. a couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Yeah. But, um, Emily, Emily. Emily, Emily Deschanel's right. Oh, that's Deschanel. so interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. It's a legacy. He's such a great cinematographer. I mean, he shot The Natural. I mean, my God, that movie is just amazingly, yeah. amazingly Every shot. Every frame of the right stuff is beautiful. The shots yeah. where Sam Shepard is like sitting inside like the Bell X1 and he's kind of like looking up and mm-hmm. it's like, and everything is reflected off of like the oh, top the, of the, the sunlight, the sunlight. around. Yeah, I think it's if, awesome. If the 70s belonged to Gordy Willis, then the 80s belonged to Caleb Deschanel and the 90s and everything else belongs to Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have other great, obviously, Storaro, yeah. and I mean, there's so many other great, but uh, to me, it's like, uh, I just, man, Caleb Deschanel was just amazing. And I, I came to this movie a little late, too. I, uh, uh, we lived up in the mountains in Colorado Springs when I was in high school. So getting down to a movie theater to see a new movie took a little bit of effort. You know, it was a 45 minute to an hour drive and I was dependent on my parents, you know, to get me a ride, get me a ride down there. So one night the whole family decided to go out to the movies mm. and my mom and dad went to see the right stuff. And I went down the street to see um, the, the James Bond movie. Uh, 1983. Uh, let me guess. Uh, was it either Octopussy or Never Say Never Again? Never Say Never Again. Ooh. Yes. And because I, I was into James Bond, and you know, I thought the movie was fine. I I liked uh, Never Say Never Again well enough, but uh, it was a at couple years at the time. Yeah, doesn't hold up. And then 
the the movie came out on home video, and that was one of the movies that's so long. It's three hours long. It yeah. was a, what double right. VHS yeah, set. Double, double VHS right. set. Yep. Yeah, and I, I remember bringing that home. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, this is a real important movie. Like I think the Godfather I a couple of times before cassettes. I actually looked at it. Yeah, yeah. And it was so intimidating. So finally watched it on home video. Uh, that was my unfortunately my first experience was on VHS tape, but Me too. Um, have since corrected that, and I think. Darren and I saw, did we go to the 20th, 20th anniversary screening oh, at the Egyptian Theater? You. We did. Mm. And uh, the suite of guests they had at that. It was amazing. They had, you know, the Deschanel family was there. Oh, and Zoe, yeah, I remember seeing go. Zoe and thinking, my God, this woman is luminous. <laughs> but uh, some of the real astronauts. Was that what you thought? Some of the real astronauts were there. Uh, like a yeah. star. Yeah, and, and half the cast was there. I mean, it was a really... Fantastic so cool. evening, and it was great to see it on the big screen and with the the sound design and everything. It was this is a movie that won four Oscars for editing, score, sound, and uh, sound effects editing. And uh, uh, Sam Shepard was nominated for best supporting actor, and it was also nominated for art direction, cinematography, and best picture. It kind of bombed when it came. Yeah, out. it, it did. really that, did. Yeah, yeah it did. and I I did see it in a theater when it was first released. Um, and I loved it. And when it was later on TV, like everything else, I audio recorded mm. and listened to it over and over hmm. again. And I, I, the sound of the movie is so good, too. Yeah. And just hearing the dialogue go back and forth is, is miraculous. And these, all these great actors making every moment real is, is great. And when I went to USC, the first semester I was there, they had a class called 190 that shows you a whole bunch of movies. And um, they showed the right stuff oh, in the Norris Theater. Wow. And it was freaking amazing. The best presentation I'd ever seen of it at that time. And I love this movie. I love it, love it, love it. And um, I wish that it had been bigger mm. in terms of its the popular reception. Well, it's not like there would have been a sequel. Ah. You know, <laughs> there could have been. Yeah. There, there you think? First man. You know, there are a couple yeah. of directors that we really extolled, um, like John Borman, Alan Parker, who don't get their due, right? Mm -hmm. Phil Kaufman mm -hmm. is one of those guys because he's such a chameleon. Right. You look at Unbearable Lightness of Being, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the, you can't help come up with a story for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. This guy could do anything. And, you know, so overlooked doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's just done so many amazing movies. And, and how it, would it have been if he had done the first Star Trek movie? Oh, I wish. As he had planned to I do. wish. I mean, could you only imagine? would have been incredible if he'd done Planet of the Titans um, just to see what he would have done. Yeah. And, you know, he was never became a household name, you yeah. know, but he was in that company of Lucas and, right. and Spielberg. And, and all those guys. Yeah, and, and just so thoughtful. He really was the thinking man. You get a sense of a real cerebral director at right. work, you know, whether it's Unbearable Lightness of Being or uh, this or Henry and June. Mm -hmm. Just a really talented, talented guy. And, and Right Stuff is probably his... You know, maybe he maybe his greatest movie. And he he wasn't he, he was came late to this project. It was in development for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and none other than William Goldman wrote an an adaptation of the book initially that omitted all the all the uh, the uh, Chuck Yeager stuff. Mm -hmm. It was strictly about the Mercury program. And when Philip Kaufman came on, he felt that that story was a really important counterpoint, absolutely, to the the Mercury astronauts. So he apparently rewrote or wrote his adaptation in like eight weeks wow. uh, to, to get the movie off the ground. And again, cool. it has, it is telling these stories as if they are mythical. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is completely poetic and uh, these, these uh, astronauts are mythic beings. Yeah. And, but we see them as humans. Yes. But and we also see that, that, the difference between their public perception and their private perception. Oh, yeah. The, the whole story with Ed Harris as John Glenn and his relationship with Mary Jo Deschanel, right. plays his wife, is so touching. It's so moving how yeah. how loving he is of her and how protective he is well, of she her. Has, she has a, a phobia of being in crowds and speaking because she has a, a little bit of a speech impediment. And she's very, you know, very internal. And he, yeah, he is very protective of her when uh, the the press is going after her and and the vice president is yeah. going after her to get him to play along. He he, he 
knocks that completely out and uh, and protects her. And it's a great sort of side story. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that movie is great. Fred Ward, like just oh, his, oh my god, it just it's it's kind of crushing and, and heartbreaking. Um, Dennis Quaid. Uh, as cocky is Gordo Cooper like yeah. and he has I think arguably like, he is the he is the framework he, yeah, that the whole 100%. story goes yeah, around and it, and it ends like on that wonderful moment like for a yeah. brief moment Gordo Cooper was the greatest the pilot anyone had ever seen alive. Yeah, yeah it just it's awesome the most touching moment in the movie to me is the scene near the end where they are all in that uh, big Texas barbecue, and the uh, and the fan dancer is uh, doing her uh, Claire de Lune uh, uh, dance, and we cut to all the astronauts. Sort of, you know, they're not paying attention to anything. They're just looking at each other and saying, "Yeah, we've we've experienced something that no other people have ever experienced. We've been up there, and the sort of shared experience thing that." You know, you also see that in Lord of the Rings when the hobbits come back and they're in the bar. And it's it's a bonding that can't be, that can never be torn apart. And it's so moving and it, it's very emotional. But then it's cross-cut with my other favorite sequence right. in the movie, which is uh, Sam Shepard as Chuck Yeager going up in his F-104, right. that mm-hmm. silver fighter trying pushing the envelope, He's, getting up into space. He has never given up on what he does his entire life. And then that the plane, he ejects from the plane and that amazing shot of him in that silver suit with the smoke coming off his helmet as mm-hmm. he just drifts away into the into the mists it's mm. absolutely then the music that's playing there it always gives me a chill and unfortunately at the the original stunt person for that um the original parachutist died um wow. making the movie yeah. he uh, his parachute didn't open and and uh, when they were were rehearsing to mm. to film uh, that sequence but it's a tremendous poetic sequence. Mm-hmm. That's a, a wonderful counterpoint to the yeah. scene that Darren was talking about. Pre-CG. And yeah. It's all beautiful. Yeah. Sam Shepard, sidebar. Um, Sam Shepard is just evidence that life is not fair. <laughs> you have a guy who is that good on screen, that good an actor. He is an amazing Playwright. writer. Yeah. And he looks like that? Yeah. What the hell? How is yeah. that See, God even does fair? give it two hands. Yeah, he does give it he two hands. He died to her. He's uh, married yeah. to uh, um, Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his life was terrible, obviously. <laughs> I, just... I love True West. I remember seeing a, a PBS uh, production of True West uh, uh, on TV when I was in high school, and it just blew. I went right out and bought a collection of Sam Shepard mm-hmm. plays to read, and I directed a scene from it in one of my directing classes. And nice. He's such a term. Anyway. That's cool. Well, that's a fantastic. That's a good Monday. A fantastic Monday. Let's And we're out of time. Let's go there. No, <laughs> and, and, and the right stuff warrants that kind of conversation yeah. because, of course, it's a, a truly spectacular film. Um, Darren, who's Tuesday? The two movies in my mind, I think I've picked both of them. But... I don't care because <laughs> we're in 2020 we now. Read his mind? Um, yeah, I, I think you can. No, although it is a space movie. Yes, it is. It happens. He's from another planet. Yes, Krypton. 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 Um, I have to go with the, in my mind, greatest space movie ever made, and that is 1968, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, uh, it has been quoted and emulated unsuccessfully mm. for fifty years. Everyone tries to shoot at this target, and they've missed by a but you long keep shot. Keep on missing the target because I think no one, no one who is trying to emulate the feeling of it knows what that feeling actually is. It's not It's not telling a story about going into space. It's taking the audience into space. That's what it does. And it's not about, it's not about the story. It's not about the dialogue. It's not about the acting. It's about being in space and first seeing how um, mundane sometimes it is. Mm. It's, it's seeing how creepy it is mm-hmm. it's seeing how strange it is to be relying on on tools to sustain your life it is 
the, as we've talked about it before, it's the constant struggle of mankind to eat. And at all the stages that we see in mankind, they are eating. Like Buca de Beppo. Yes, like Buca <laughs> yeah, de Beppo. Just like Buca de Beppo. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a huge mythic story. Again, there's that mythic quality. Um, and it's told in sometimes a very straightforward way. These two guys are getting a cup of coffee and a sandwich on the moon. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's amazing how droll it is sometimes. It's just sort of these throwaway scenes that are surrounded by unbelievable environments. And it, it, is, it is subtle and it is, you know, some, uh, I hesitate to say, younger audience members may say, oh, it's so boring. <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's not the point. They need to see it on the big screen. They need yeah. you need to see you it. You need to see it on the big screen. Have a big screen at home. Uh, you need to experience it and be engulfed by it because that's the kind of movie it was intended to be, mm-hmm. and has always been. And uh, you know, it it doesn't work in anything less. Unfortunately, did you read the uh, book Space Odyssey? I didn't write it, but Space Odyssey uh, the, about the, the making of, of, of it. the one that came out a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's really quite good. Absolutely. It's and it's interesting because of all these, you know, the struggle to make the movie and to deal with Kubrick as a creative entity and solve all these problems bit by bit that they did because none of this had, had been attempted to this scale before. And, Daily, he was putting things on screen that had never been done successfully before. And the process of going from a a zero-sum start and building on everything and figuring out new ways to do things is miraculous. And the, the fact that, you know, so many people who have become sort of legends in not only the movie industry but in, you know, the creative industry... Um, got their start on that and and uh, continued on is just amazing and uh, i've i've been able to have some time with uh, douglas trumbull who you interviewed him for the podcast i interviewed him for inglorious trexperts and he started working on that movie when he was 24 years old uh-huh. um based on a force of sheer will and guts uh and calling kubrick at home <laughs> and saying hey I was just laid off by this company that you were hiring to do the work in Los Angeles. I want to work on your movie. And Kubrick said, okay, I'll send you a couple tickets. Come on out. And, you know, four years later, they finished the movie. But it's such, you know, not only is it, was it made the year before we actually went to the moon. (laughs) Um you know, some people say, oh, he just cheated. He shot it in space. <laughs> you know, um, it, it is it has never been matched in terms of its its uh, realness and the feeling of actually being there. And you hear this from actual astronauts. Um, they say, yeah, that's what it's like. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm not surprised that's your pick. It's, it's certainly a worthy one. You can't talk about space without talking about 2001: A Space Odyssey. And I thought it was interesting in the book where they talked about it. Really, as you tell, it's an interesting way of of retelling the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really ever thought of that. And I thought it was an interesting observation. But what a remarkable movie, technologically, uh, storytelling, yeah. you know, and it had such an impact on all the sci-fi movies of the 70s. And then occasionally you see people trying to do it again. You know, De Palma did it with his mission to Mars and no one ever gets close to, um, and no one, you know, no no one could risk it because it's sort of the mundane. You talk, you hit the nail on the head. No one's going to tell a story that mundane. It's like, it's like, you know, trying to emulate whale song. (laughs) You can, you can, you know, duplicate the sounds, but not the language. Just like in Star Trek Four. No, that's exactly what that reference. But it's was, it's yeah. also a great mystery. I mean, yes. at its heart, is this mystery of you know the origins of life mm-hmm. and and this this signal and like you know traveling to the moon and having this kind of secret meeting and right. and and sending out this ship to to discover mm-hmm. this discovery right. to discover it's what's funny. going on. That's why it's I... literally a mystery box. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> he has the questions, but no. It's answers. a conspiracy thriller. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
I do, um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed 2010 uh, for what it was. Right. But it was sort of a hopeless, you know, to try and, you know, sequelize. Now, obviously, Arthur Clarke had written the books, many of them. Right. But, uh, but um, you know, it, it's an interesting movie in its own way. You can't really judge it against 2001. Right. But, like, Roy Scheider is obviously a much more dynamic Haywood Floyd. Um, well, it's and, like comparing the animated Star Trek series to the original TV. Sure, yeah. But it's, it's not a movie without, that I would say you should dismiss. It's I, not it, without merit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's... if you like science fiction made on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 2001 is just such a it's look, it's one of the great movies of all time. Yeah. Spectacular. Um, you know, Kubrick, as we've talked about many times on the show, you know, true genius. And it's a horrible date movie, by the way. <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> Not as horrible as The Exorcist. <laughs> let me just tell you. I think that depends on the girl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, if you're dating my wife, well, you've gone I'm to not some at real this point. Uh, yeah. winners with her. It's amazing. Uh, Jen is a very uh, good to put up with you. Yeah, no say. kidding. Um, okay, so 2001: A Space Odyssey, directed by uh, Stanley Kubrick, is our Tuesday pick. Wednesday, that brings us to you, Ashley. Space, great space movies, or not great space, just space movies. Space I movie had, week. I had so many in mind that I could have picked, mm. but I sense an amazing opportunity that may never come again. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my I God. I mean... Put your seatbelts on, folks. It's it's going to be a bumpy night. It's. I mean, should I do it? Should I not do it? I think, you know what? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to do it. Do it. Do Spaceballs. it. Spaceballs. Kidding. Um, I am actually... Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to just set everybody's way back machine to uh, Guilty Pleasures Week last year, right? 2001 came up. Why? Because I said, I we were all admitting movies, great movies mm -hmm. that we didn't necessarily like. And right. I admitted that, like, I mm -hmm. completely recognize that 2001 is a great movie. Right. But I just don't enjoy it. Totally sure. legitimate. Right. Um, so that brings me to my pick for today, <laughs> which we've mentioned. I'm going to pick... 2010, the year we made contact, <laughs> directed by Peter Hyam. Yes. <laughs> wow. And I'll tell you why. Because I think, yeah, it's obviously it is operating in the, the shadow of a titan, right. right? There's absolutely no question. But as a science fiction film in its own right, as a science fiction film that is trying to do something different than, say, the aliens of the world right. or the Star Treks or the Star Wars, you know, or any of sort of the high adventure movies. I mean, it, it really is trying to do something different, even as a sequel, if we consider it a sequel. And I guess, although it's an adaptation of a book, right, that Arthur C. Clarke mm -hmm, right, wrote, right. Um, that it's... It is it's a, not a sequel to 2001. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's kind of its own yeah. thing. Um, and as as Mark pointed out, I think that, that Roy Scheider was incredible because he's always charismatic. He was incredibly charismatic in that film. Um, I think Peter Hyams, who is like, you know, he's kind of up and down as a director. Sure. But I think um, that he can really shoot some beautiful looking film. And also, I'll tell you what what's interesting about that movie, even though we don't necessarily... Uh, talk about it much as a film when we're sort of talking about the history of the genre, there are things about it that stick and I think we don't even know why, right? Like the message, right? All these worlds mm -hmm. are yours. Mm -hmm. Save Europa. Attempt no landings there. Right. Like, that's just a thing, man. I think if you said that, people would know immediately what you were talking right. about, even if... They hadn't know, seen the in, movie. Exactly, right. which is something, which is quite an accomplishment. Um, and I just liked, uh, I liked the, the the character story there. You know, I liked kind of the story of like, of American and Soviet yeah. cooperation, you know, and I loved, you know, just even though like I, and I still think about it, just, you know, that, that idea of Jupiter, you know, becoming a star, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. there's just, there are things about that that I just find so kind of evocative and cool. Sure. 
Um, and well, it I think some great yeah. visuals of its own. Was it the Leonov? Was that the, yeah. the ship the, with yeah. the big yep. rotating section? I used to draw that like, yeah. all the time. Like, Helen Moran is in it. Yeah. Helen Moran is in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you also have. I mean, the fact that Doug Rain was back doing mm-hmm. the voice of Hal, and of course, um, you know, Kier Duley, and it's it's. Uh, I mean, to me, that, and I like 2010 too. It's kind of that weird 80s phenomenon, like that Psycho 2. It's like. What you can do is <laughs> right. a, a sequel to Psycho, and at that time it seemed like this. Twenty years later, right? Like, like, and Psycho was like this unique product of its time, shot in black and white by Hitchcock. And you're gonna do a sequel to it, and like, Psycho Two is not an awful movie. You right. know, it shouldn't have been made, but it's not an awful <laughs> right, movie. Right. And it's the same thing with 2010. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been made. It's crazy. You know, but it's not awful. Yeah, right. you know, oh, the spacewalk sequence is pretty awesome when they have to go from the Leonov to the Discovery. That's that's a really cool sequence. It is. Yeah. And I'm with you, Ashley. I really like the sort of geopolitical stuff with the uh, the U.S. astronauts going on to the Russian yeah. ship and dealing with the Soviets mm-hmm. and and the whole uh, war brewing back on Earth and until Jupiter ignites as a new star in the sky. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool stuff. I, I, I want to say I think I saw 2010 in its entirety before I saw 2001 in its That's entirety. Because I saw 2010 in the theaters, right. I think, twice. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I saw, I had seen clips or bits of 2001 on television. And I, I think it, was, it wasn't until after I'd seen 2010 until I rented 2001, another two, di- two VHS tape right. movie. Yeah. Uh, it's therefore important. Right. <laughs> and, and watched it at home. I think it was also the first time for me watching a um, a science fiction film uh, that set in space, where I actually truly appreciated that space is big. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. that really I got big. a sense. You won't of believe the, how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big, big it is. It is exactly that that idea of distance just had never quite scanned for me. Because look, we get spoiled by hyperspace and by warp drive and by all of that. And because it always felt like there was a tether, you know, between our characters and Earth, right? I always felt that yawning distance that I had never quite felt before. Um, other small things like uh, that just struck me at the time watching it were things like a video phone, mm. right? Which now we're like, of course, mm. you know. But then I was like, well, we won't have that by 2010. Well, <laughs> apparently we did. Thanks, Steve Jobs, like, just in time. Um, so I mean, it's. It's just it's its own fascinating little experience that I think is worth the watch. Yeah, I, I think it's a great description of it. It's like no one's going to compare it to 2001 and say, oh, this is a masterpiece or a fitting sequel. But at the same time, I remember it was sort of rushed into production by MGM. One of the reasons mm-hmm. they hired Peter Hyams was because he could, you know, the book was a bestseller. It was very right. successful. And the, one of the reasons they hired him, he was his own DP. You know, director, writer. He was like he could come in. He I don't could think do it. he. I don't think he was DP on it. Uh, was he not? Yes, he was. I, was he? I, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I thought that so, happened later. And they okay. figured that they would bring him in, and and he could do it quickly. Yeah. You know, because MGM he could get it done. Because MGM at the time they were prepping for a sale. It was, I think, during that whole Peretti mess, and so like they figured like this was a fr- this was like their franchise. Right. Like they could do you know, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, you, you know, they were trying to mine the library, much like people are today. It's like, oh, 2001 is like one of our most famous movies. But how do you do a sequel? And then the book was successful. So this is the first time I'm going to plug my site, RenegadeCommentaries.com. RenegadeCommentary.com. Um, I have several movies up there that influenced me during my lifetime at, that I do full-length commentaries on. And up on there is my commentary on 2010. Okay. And 2001. But you'll hear on the 2010 one... Um, it's a movie that I don't like. No, that I don't love, but I like it. Mm-hmm. And I point out all the bad things that I think about it, but also the good things too. Right. Um, and it's uh, I have a love-hate relationship with it. But anyway. Yeah, fair Great. Enough. That's Renegade, uh, Renegade Commentary. Commentary.com. Okay. Now, the other thing you should check out, you know, Steve, for those of you watching at home on video, is wearing a very cool oh, 430 yes. movie. This is our Close Encounters homage. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you want to check out a bunch of themed 430 logo wear, 430movie.com. You can go to 430movie.com. Also, I'm wearing the, uh, the Psycho there one. There you go. Psycho yeah. 2. <laughs> and, and I'm wearing our 430 movie. And yeah. I am wearing a polo shirt, but I can't tell you where it's from. <laughs> so check out, you know, check that out for some great 430 movie swag at 430movie.com. Okay. Which brings us to brings us Thursday. Thursday. So I'm curious, Mark, because so far our three picks for Final Frontier Space Week are all sort of 
NASA type movie, like sort of grounded in harder science fiction. Oh well, so I'm curious to see where we're not. Because <laughs> I'm here, and uh, you know, in honor of the 4:30 movie, I think it's only appropriate that we show a movie that w- would have been that was on the 4:30 movie, The Green Slime. No, I'm not going to go with the Green Slime. Although that was on the 4:30 movie, and it would be thoroughly appropriate for uh, this week. But uh, honestly, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> so I want to, I want to, I want to put a movie on that I would watch. And again, I'm done with the NASA. I love First Man, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, one of the things I love about space movies. You know, I don't like the science advisor coming and saying, well, you know, it wouldn't make sound in space and the, the thing in the nebula and a black hole wouldn't really work like that. And Hans Reinhardt couldn't really keep the sickness out there. And so Jessica would... von Puttermaker so, is right out. Right? So, yeah. So I like I like I like I like the crazy sci fi. I like the you know, the sci fi, the imagination as opposed to uh, the realistic sci fi, you know. I know you guys are all very science now. I like have nothing but res- mad respect for all that, but it's not my like. That's oh, not my I, bag. I love a good space yeah, movie yeah. too. So, so, so I mean, you know, I love it. I mean, like I really like First Man. I love obviously. I love all the movies you've talked about. So I don't know why I'm Apollo saying 13 I don't. Or so, uh, Gravity. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, you know, Gravity's fine. Apollo 13, I like. Space but, Cowboys, perhaps. <laughs> but this is. But I, I'm going to go with more my my speed. Uh-huh. Right. it has it all. It has space. It has. It has, you know, war. Mm. It has a uh, sexy young twenty-year-old. Uh, I know uh, what it is. It's, 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 it's. Would you like to know more? I would like. Would to Would you more. like to know more? It's Starship Troopers. Oh, oh Starship Troopers. We have not had it on the show before. You know, Shocking. and there are a lot of people out there who hate this movie. They say, "Oh, the performances are wooden. Uh, it's over the top. It's ridiculous. It's freaking great." And you know, people forget. You know, this was Verhoeven's a very political filmmaker. His, him, and Ed Newmyer, the writer. You know, their statement about what was going on at the time, the the, the mad drive uh, to war in the Middle East, uh, uh, the, the 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 fake story of uh, uh, the fact that you know Iraq had uh, weapons of mass destruction and how using propaganda and bullshit and weaponizing people like Colin Powell, who people took seriously, to drive us to a war that we shouldn't have been in. And 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 basically turn it into this great sci-fi movie, which uses all this sort of Nazi icon, you know, iconography. Um, I love it, I, and it's a great mix of miniature work and CG because you got these great lumbering spaceships in battle that are all just fantastic, like the Valley Forge is gorgeous miniature. I remember they used to have a Sony in this uh, yeah. big thing. It was not like, the Valley Forge. I mean, the not the Valley Forge? The, the Roger Young. The Roger Young, excuse Valley me. Valley Forge the, is from... Right, uh, from uh, Silent Running. Silent Running. My next pick. So, yeah, no, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, um, and then you had the Bugs which were CG. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of a Western in this. I mean, this one of the virtuoso sequences, which I used as my demo just for a long time on Laserdisc, oh, yeah. later on CD and DVD, was the storming of the fort by the, yeah. the, when they're trying to hold the Clendath. line. On not on Clendathu. This was Planet, Planet P. P. Planet okay. P. We're going we're, back to P. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> where, you know, they, 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 basically they find, um, the, 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 you know, the, the survi- one survivor right. and he, they realize that there's a brain bug and, um, the, the, the fort is attacked and it storms the, uh, the, the, you know, the walls and they have to hold them off before they can get Xville. And it turns out to be Denise Richards. Thank God. And, um, it's, it's, I love that movie. Well, tr- and the it's, way that scene builds, I mean, you've never seen anything like that before. Like thousands of these bugs swarming down out of the mountains. Yeah. And then, you know, they're holding them off and the bodies are filing, f- piling up outside. And then there's flying ones that right. come in. And it's smart and it's funny and it's ridiculous and it's and pulpy. Sexy. Because, and it's sexy. I mean, you know, look, this is right after what was before Wild Things or after Wild Things, Denise Richards. Before. But, you know, she's playing a moron. But it's okay because you know it's it's, it's you know it's certainly a, before Christmas. It's, Jones. it's before Christmas Jones and yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of was into. I mean, I liked it, these Richards back then. And uh, the irony of that, by the way, is just that you know. I mean, look, I love this movie. Like, I deeply love the movie. It has almost other than some some plot similarities, almost almost zero to do with the Heinlein novel. Right. But right. in the Heinlein novel, the reason why. Uh, women became uh, pilots was, and why Denise Richards' character was a pilot was because women were better at math 
and you had to be great mm -hmm. at math right, to be right, a right. pilot like right. in that universe so the the irony of her just sort of <laughs> casting Denise Richards it, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. little bit yeah. Christmas Jones yeah, to right? totally but all of them were like that because you had Casper Van Dien you know who also is very you know yeah. uh, I mean and Rock Studley there yeah. are no rocket scientists in that movie I mean other than you know Michael Ironside who is vintage Michael oh, Ironside so great. who's fantastic the, the great thing is you have all these pretty young people and all the all the older people are completely destroyed yeah. they're they're missing pieces all of them yeah 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 they're um, victims of war yeah and it's just it's just fascinating to see them ushering in the new bunch of meat well even when they're all excited and jazzed to go to war and they've all been you know pumped up and then they see the the haggard people coming off the right. line and they're like oh geez yeah. well, we, we were looking forward to this this is i mean and um and then you know, just the whole th and clancy brown how great yeah, is that you guys have both worked with clancy brown yes. how great is he in that movie we had it you can't trans say, you know, transformers we had michael ironside and clancy brown in the yeah. same show you awesome. can't press a button if you disabled his hand oh so great <laughs> <laughs> you know, so great and then you know also what's his name who's a very Hoven uh, favorite from uh, Breaking Bad is in it. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh God, I'm, I, I'm getting old. I can't remember these off the top oh. of my head. D Dean Norris. Right. Dean oh, Norris. Yeah, 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 yeah. I work with him. And oh. He's awesome. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, and he, he's great. And he's great in that too. He's a, so it's a, just a great movie. It looks great. Uh, you know, I think the third act isn't as, as good, but um, I, I love it. Well, you, you were going to do. Oh, Basil Polidori's score, fantastic. You were going to do a remake or a TV show version or something? So we were going to do, I, I, I guess it's a remake, but really when you're talking about an adaptation mm, where yeah. the, the first mm. adaptation is such a very specific beast, um, the adaptation we were hired to do was a very sort of straight up adaptation the of the Heinlein novel. Mm -hmm. So it was tonally just very different and just had a lot of different things on its mind. Plus, you know, how do you remake that film, right? I mean, mm. that specific film. You can't right mm -hmm. it's i mean my god you know what else is worth a watch just in the context of, of that movie just by itself is watching the movie with paul verhoeven's commentary mm -hmm. right when he starts talking about like the bad rap that it got oh, for like yes. being like you know pro like yes. nazi and all this and he's you know talking when doogie hauser comes out and he's wearing the long coat it's bad how do you yeah, know, know it is not like, bad. Holland. i don't like the nazi <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those movies that when I saw it, when it came out, was it 97? Were you with me when we saw it at Sony? I, I just remember I didn't really like it that much when I saw it. I was impressed oh, by it, but I didn't like it. I didn't get it, I don't think. I didn't quite get – it wasn't the movie I was – I was trying to fit it into a box that it wasn't supposed to right. fit in. And so a couple of years later when the DVD came out, I watched it again, of course, and like, oh, my God, I love this movie, mm -hmm. and now I love it. But it's one of those See, it's things. interesting because I was a political science major. So, like, I like stuff that has satire and mm -hmm. politics to it. And I prefer, you know, I know you like the hard science. Like, I'm not into hard science. I like, um, like, pulpy stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up, like, when you were reading, like, Analog and Fantastic, oh, sure. it, right. you know, all those magazines. I love the old pulp stories, like right. the more pulpy stuff, as opposed to, like, the hardcore side. So, like, this was the perfect movie for me because it was like super pulpy but it was about something as opposed to just being a big goofy lark see to me it just felt corny and right. the humor felt forced to me and mm -hmm. the satire seemed too on the nose for my taste at that point in my life right yeah but yeah. subsequently re review it i embraced what it's trying to do and i really enjoy it my yeah. only my only statement about you saying that it, it's a great looking movie it's not. No, it's not a great looking it's, movie. It's it it's has its own style. Movie. Yeah. Uh, the effects look great. Everything else does not. I, I agree with that. Yeah. The production design is not the production great. Design is the not bridge good. is awful. The the cinematography um, is awful. Yeah, yeah. It's lit, yeah. Very it's lit it's like acid. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I I, yeah. I I completely agree with that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's been true a lot of a lot of his movies. Uh huh. Um. And Joseph Acano, I think, was the DP. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's not so much with. Robocop because they had less money but later you look at a lot of these like Total Recall has that problem mm -hmm. Total Recall yeah. looks terrible right now I like Total Recall although it, but it's it also actually very, has a style to it yeah. I mean it's more it's, so than this <laughs> yeah 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 Showgirls has a style yeah, that's yeah, true does. 
Oh yeah, my God. Kyle my, my other big memory of this movie is my writing partner at the time was working on the Sony lot when they mm. were shooting this. So it's, you know, when you watch old t- movies or TV shows that take place in a studio and you're right. always seeing people yeah. walk around in like Roman co- yes, costumes yeah, or something. Yeah. There are all these people walking around in these soldier outfits right. from Starship Troopers <laughs> on the funny. Sony lot, like dozens of them. And I remember we walked into one of the sound stages that they had. It was the uh, the bug cave that right. they cr- that they they crashed the down brain, into the brain, brain sucking scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And walking around that set with this huge, it was massive, mm-hmm. and it, that smell of that foam and paint mm. and everything. I still remember that. That's funny. The most the coolest thing I ever had walking on a, on a, on a lot was in 1987. It was my first time in LA. I was on the Paramount lot, and they were shooting Farpoint, and I saw a bunch of people walking around, and that was like. Awesome! It was amazing. It was like, oh my god! It's you know, somebody game. who grew up on Star Trek to like see this, this like, wow! It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. I just remember getting onto the, uh, to the uh, Hill Valley Town Square dress for Back mm. to the Future Two and getting <laughs> chased away by security guards. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's my pick for Thursday. Great. So let's Love talk it. Friday. We got a lot, of, lot to discuss. Got a lot. Lots of, as they say, the kids say unpack and very little time. Um, I'm going to throw out another Peter Hyams Capricorn one, even though it. Uh-huh. Doesn't but it's about going to it's space. It's about going to space. We'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a really good uh, if not an OJ Simpson week. Well then here's another Peter, Peter Himes. Himes week. It's Peter Himes week. Outlandish. Outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which was on my list. Yeah. Yes. Outland, yeah. We'll talk yeah. about that uh, at some point in, in the future, I think. Um <laughs> Mark, I'm I, surprised you didn't pick Life Force. You know, we did Life Force and Guilty Pleasures. I think it was oh, Friday and Guilty right. Pleasures. Um, we didn't talk about Forbidden Planet, the granddaddy, right. because it was on our in the shadow of Star yeah. Trek week. Yeah. And and uh and you know one of the great space movies of all time, Absolutely. and I think unfortunately it is suffering from generational amnesia. So it's like yeah. a movie we grew up on, mm. obviously that we love, and that has to do with the studio not, you know, being able to sort of bring it forefront again, right? Right, because it would be a great, a great title remake or to a TV series, and the fact that nobody's done anything with it is insane. Is insane because it it's Star Trek. It's basically Star Trek. Um, and it's a fucking, it's a great movie. It's a great oh movie. Um, Fifth Element. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's fun. Give me the cash. Um, multipass. Um, you know. Um, Much, I like that movie a lot. Well, I haven't seen it, but Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. See, I don't Ooh, like Valerian. It's terrible. I like Fifth yeah. Element, and I was really excited about Valerian, and I was yeah. like, it, unfortunately, it went with all the stuff I didn't like about Fifth Element. Right. It went French. Uh-huh. You know, it went very that French, <laughs> uh, you know, that <laughs> weird Luke from Besson, yeah. uh, you know, as opposed to it's just it's something like all that. It's I, All I can say is it's French, and I love the French, and I love France, but there's it's something that, about the tone. Pulp, it's that pulpy that French metal, comic. Yeah. Metal uh, Hulant, but yeah. not in a good way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like all that Chris Tucker stuff in Fifth Element. It was like Valerian was like that whole movie right. to me. Right, that's true. Um, okay, I think I got something that we can all get behind. I'm not marooned. Oh, Marooned is great with Gregory Because <laughs> that was that yeah, was on the 430 yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the time, all the time. Uh, that's really funny. This was about uh, uh, an Apollo mission being stuck in being space. Being stuck in orbit, yeah. With Gregory Peck. Um, who uh, else was uh, it? Um, what's his name from uh, Rambo? Uh, Richard Crenna? Richard Crenna, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And somebody else. And somebody else, and I can't <laughs> remember. It's been Sorry, so long. James Franciscan. No. <laughs> I don't know who the third person was, but I do have a suggestion. Yeah, that'll be on the stars. Um, this was, uh, you know, um, didn't we have that? It was my Shadow very first pick. Oh well, let's skip that. Then. No, it wasn't because we did superhero week. Then first, you know, was, you know what we should picks. do? Yeah. We haven't done it yet. Galaxy Quest. That well, is about people like us being taken into space. It, it, it is. It, it, we can. You know, but just the, never been the disrespect space. to the television series. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that's true. West. I don't it's know. like it was just it just turned its nose up at yeah. the television I, series. I, I, I just I how would you not? Uh, Flash no. Gordon, <laughs> Flash Gordon, uh, which is you know super fun. Again, we talk about campy, right. pulpy stuff. But you know, I, I loved. I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, when the Super Bowl was on, you saw that Walmart commercial. Oh yeah, yeah. that was great to have uh, see Sam Jones playing yes. Flash Gordon. <laughs> This is probably one that you, some of you may not have seen, maybe none of you, but I always loved it as a kid. Um, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Oh, sure. I like it. Yeah. I it's, like it's it. It's got Adam West. I mean, yeah. You know. And uh, and a monkey. And yeah. a monkey. And Victor, 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 I forget what his last name was. Victoria. No, but he was, he was trying for years to get it remade. I remember he came and pitched me on it, and I was like, 
So you have the rights. He goes, no. <laughs> That's your problem. You'll handle that, right? I'm like, okay, well. well I have a few that I love that please. I'm just going to throw out there. Uh, Dune. Oh, yeah. 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 Dune. I have a great fondness oh, for that. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Dune. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's for folding space week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and spice week. Moon. Moon is great. Moon, yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. like. Uh, um, I want to f- give a shout out to Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. Yeah. I, like, I even like the ending of Sunshine, but I, I really like Sunshine. It's a great hard science fiction segueing into horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, interesting movie. I really like it. And it uses a, an entitled song by my favorite British band, I Am Clute. I was fell, about fell out of my chair when they started playing this obscure Brit pop. Um, Alien. Right, right. About we that. mentioned that, but, yeah, um, so many times. Um, you know, my out of the box pick I mentioned at the top. I almost had a crazy pick, and that was going to be Cosmos, the Carl Sagan television series. Yeah, but we don't do but TV. It's, it's not a movie. I know, but that's why it was out of the box. So it's definitely way out, way out of the box. box. Interstellar. In fact, it's in the box. The the box. Interstellar for sure. Interstellar is interstellar. In you know, um, you don't have to pick up my pen in the middle yeah, of the show. Gonna look we're like crazy, on like, television know, right now. You're like, sort of like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's no. try and pretend we're a real <laughs> I, show here. Yeah, I, I hated Interstellar, and I, I and freely you, admit it. And you never forget it for the death of your bull. What it's, about? It's the, so bombastic and and heavy handed and stupid. I, uh, you know, uh, in our lost episode of 430 Movie, I picked Serenity. If you remember, we did Joss right. Whedon Week right. at WhedonCon, mm-hmm. and because we didn't have Bill there, the recording didn't come out. Right. So, um, but I picked Serenity, which is a fun, you know, fun uh, capper, sure. uh, coda to, to the Firefly saga. It's not a great movie, but it's, you know, entertaining. It's nice to see those characters in orbit again. Um, <laughs> About something like Pitch Black. Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Riddick, was, uh... Pitch Black. Pitch Black again, Pitch Black Redux. Son um, of Pitch Black. <laughs> or, you know, Event Horizon, another. Right. Event Horizon. A lot of people right. love that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not one of them, but uh, a lot of people love it's, Event Horizon. It's crazy, literally. I, Supernova, which is the same oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Supernova is like, it. I think Event Horizon is, there are things, a lot of things about it that don't work but there's something at the center of it that like is interesting and cool and that i dig and supernova is like what if you took all those things at the center of it that like i thought were cool and i dig and you sort of made them as boring as possible (laughs) i i worked for eight months on supernova and it was crazy Mm. and i don't want to go back there (laughs) (laughs) so we're all agreed on the green slime there's uh solaris both the original and the the soderbergh remake and the yeah, George Clooney version. George Clooney. Forbidden World with Aaron Moran. <laughs> or Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. That's right. It was released It was released theatrically first. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Buck Rogers. Wally. Wally. That's yes. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mission to Mars. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Paul Hirsch just had some great things to say about that in, in his book. His book oh, uh, about his editing. Yeah, yeah editing yeah, in the De Palma movie and how they had no ending and yeah. what a nightmare that was. That's obvious. I, I, yeah. I that if you haven't read the, the Paul Hirsch book uh, when uh, 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 what's it called again? From a Galaxy Far Away or something? Something like that. It's a wonderful book about his editing career, just full of great stories, and I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. I, um, I think I think it was some kind of Star Wars thing. It's a, a kind of, of course, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. So. Um, we, we mentioned it in passing before, but uh, the black hole. We've picked the black hole before, we haven't had, we? Was that in, in Shadow of Star Wars? Was it in the Shadow we of Star Wars week? I, I kind of feel like I picked the black hole. I'm sure you did. I remember um, talking about it. You can pick your... I, I know it's a new season. Um but, you know, we've talked about The Black Hole, and we've talked about how it's not a very good movie, but there's a lot to, to like about it. And um, I was watching it again on Disney Plus the other day. It looks great on and, Disney Plus. Uh, mm-hmm. You just have just to be prepared down the for sound. the fact that it has the, the, uh, the, the whatchamacallit. It's so interesting. Overture. Thank you. Oh, to uh, have yeah. the, um, you know, sort of this gothic, you know, kind of, what is that type of architecture Victorian architecture to a space movie yeah. is very interesting. It's, you know, you know, a spaceship that looks like the Queen it's Anne's. steampunk, really. Kind of, yeah. I guess. I mean, because it, it's, it's yeah. sort of that Victorian kind of uh, Jules Verne kind of. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah. a British well, railroad well, station. Because all it was was supposed <laughs> to be 20,000 leagues under the sea in space. Yeah. Right. And it kind of is. But um, not. Uh, you know, I like Max, I like uh, um, Maximilian Schell as, as Hans Reinhardt. 
Um, I think he's he's a hoot. And apparently the only reason he did it was because he uh, Disney said, you only have to work so many days. We're going to pay you a bunch of money and bring you to L.A. And he had a script he had to write. And so they put him up somewhere where he could write. It was like totally like the weirdest thing. Um, we could go back to the beginning. A trip to the moon. Oh, that's, a, that's actually that's a really true. good choice. <laughs> that's true. That's the... Bullet time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Put your eye out. <laughs> a trip to the moon is a really, really great choice. I mean, although, how do we fill 90 minutes on the fourth day movie? <laughs> a movie that's, trip, what, 20 minutes long? Trip to the moon, you know. Um, Show it six times That's in a row. okay. It, it seems longer. Well, but you know what? Are you looking at... What about any of those George Powell movies, like When, right. when Worlds Collide, which is right? a, a yeah. super fun movie? Um, you know, Earth is about to. It was the granddaddy of all these disaster movies, and, and you know, water mass in the pit. Rocket Ship XM. Oh, oh which yeah. is a crazy space movie. Yeah. Well, we better decide because uh, time is slipping into the future, and time and space are the same thing. And they're colliding. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I can't pick. Day one. the Earth stood still. We're not really in space. Yeah. Yeah, although it is a space movie, it comes from outer space. Oh, I uh, think. what about uh, uh, what about Stella Star? Um, uh, Star Crash. Star Crash. Oh God! Wow. Ooh. Carolyn Monroe and Christopher. No, Christopher Lee's in Starship Invasions. That's Excuse right. Me. That's right. I stand corrected. Carolyn Monroe is indeed in Star Crash. And uh, Hangar Eighteen. Oh God. <laughs> oh God! Cat from outer space. I've only seen Hangar Cat Eighteen once in my life. Oh, and it's it scarred terrible. me for life as a kid. <laughs> Brought to you by the Helsinki formula. Dumped in a movie theater. <laughs> Directed by Jim Conway, who later went on to direct Enterprise, which explains a lot. Um, Fascinating. <laughs> we got to pick something. You'd think for Sci Space Week, we would, you know, this would be a no brainer. Close, close encounters we've done on Spielberg we've done, Week. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy because e. you would think there would be a lot of them. There's not a lot of them that are good. That's true. There's a lot of bad space movies. A lot of bad. Oblivion is a little movie I like. That, 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 oh, yeah. Tom Cruise. I, I don't hate that movie. Yeah. With uh, Tom Cruise. Edge of Tomorrow. But that's Earth. That's not really space. Right. Yeah. yeah. More an alien invasion movie. Yeah. Um, wow. I think, I think we're at an impasse because I think we don't, we don't know. We don't know what to do about Friday. We don't know. Well, I we can't do believe I know. Uh, Spaceballs? It Boy, has space the the title. Punt. How can you not go with Spaceballs? It, it, it's, it's, it's space right there. It's right there in the title. Space balls. You oh, it could also be good for Balls Week. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, for Sports Movie Week. I don't want to do Balls Week. <laughs> <laughs> well, good because you won't have to. Good. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Pause. I can't believe for Space Movie Week, we are we're going down in we flames. We may have to throw this out to the uh, Twitter contingent. Yeah. Or ask Bill Ritter. There well, we yeah. you know what? Let, let's let's, let's do that. Let's ask. We have some people, uh, you know, um, uh, in the John Gill Memorial uh, uh, Box uh, Theater um, in our new uh, recording studio. Uh, uh, let's ask Bill Ritter. Uh, we're at an impasse for Friday. If it were up to you, what would you pick? about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Problem with that is I like the book, the radio show, and the TV show more than the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Sorry, Bill. But it's a good choice. What about you, Nally? You just said it, Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, see, there's another vote for Spaceballs. I, you know, I have no problem putting Spaceballs in sure. there. Sure, why not? What, why what, not? what enthusiasm? We have so much have... You said you had enthusiasm for the mission at the beginning. I but did. I don't sense any enthusiasm. <laughs> I sense that, like, that we're running out of time. We need a pick. Let's just go with Spaceballs, which is kind of how I feel about that. But I'm not a huge fan of the movie. But I, I do think it's right for this week. Why is everyone looking at me? Let's go with Spaceballs. Okay. It has enough funny stuff in there. We all love Mel Brooks. How can you not Mega love Mega Maid goes from suck to blow. It's a funny, it's, you know, it's funny. Huh. So, I mean, you know, the problem was you felt an authenticity to Mel Brooks's movies. Like, he loved Westerns and he right. parodied West. Right. He loved Hitchcock movies yeah. he parodied. This it felt like a cash makes it show yeah. that he actually never watched those movies. Yeah, that's kind of how it felt. You know, although I remember for the first time I saw it, I really did laugh out loud during the tap dancing alien chess person. Well, of scene. course, because it's funny. It's, it's yeah. the one funny yeah. Seen in the whole movie, yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Okay, well, well, how again, about something like Contact. That's hilarious. But no, no. I, but I think <laughs> the point we're saying, I think, and we've said this before, is we're not picking the best. We're not yeah, picking the greatest. Right. We're picking there's, there's ones that we like. The ones, right, that we, yeah. ones that fit into a certain rhythm. 
It's like music. Right, right. And it seems like Spaceballs uh, like might be the the adagio or the whatever, the coda for this week. It's, it feels right. I think Spaceballs is the end to the week. Okay, well, look, we're going to pick Spaceballs, but we're going to leave it open to the audience to tell us why we're wrong and to make their own suggestions. So without any further ado, Monday, Steve Melching. The Right Stuff. Tuesday. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Wednesday. 2010, The Year We Make Contact. I love that. We've never had an original and a sequel like that. That's really funny. (laughs) And uh, Thursday, my pick um, was Starship Troopers. And Friday, the ever-popular Spaceballs. As you can see by our enthusiasm. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this has been Space Movie Week uh, on the 430 Movie. We want to thank you, as always, our audience, for joining us. Uh, If you liked uh, liked the show generally, you should vote five stars on Apple Podcasts. Even if a a particular episode is not your cup of tea. Um, And if you're a fan of this podcast, please check out Electric Surge's other really enjoyable podcast, Glorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life every Saturday. Rebel and Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, the upcoming Doctor Who podcast, Two on Who, and of course, Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple. Uh, you can also watch the 430 movie on Electric Now, available on the Stir, Distro TV, and Zumo TV apps, and coming soon to the Electric Now dedicated app. And again, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, especially producer Natalie Miscali, and of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. So until next week, we're going to space, and you're going to watch Eyewitness News, which is next. Goodbye. This week's episode is brought to you by Offworld Colonies, a golden land of opportunity and adventure. And by the Tyrell Corporation, more human than human. You're listening to the Electric Surge Network.